Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us, watching over us, taking care of us. Thank you now for the opportunity to look at your word. And we thank you for the energy in the room with these kids. I pray it's going to be one of the best weeks ever in all of their lives and in all of our lives. I ask that you'd give me clarity of voice and mind and spirit, and the Holy Spirit would speak in great grace and great power. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Question. How many of you have a really good memory? I mean, you can remember anything. You remember dates. You remember names. You remember faces. You can put faces with names. I mean, you just don't forget much. When there's a test in school, you hardly have to study because you remember everything that's going to be on the test, and you just don't have much trouble remembering at all. How many of you can be just a little bit forgetful? All righty, that's probably a few more of us, okay? You ask somebody their name, and 15 seconds later, you don't remember what it was. Or you knew you should have remembered her anniversary, or his birthday, or your wedding anniversary, but you forgot. Got any forgetful people in the room today? Yeah, I could put both hands up on that. I'm pretty good at remembering stuff like Bible verses and and sermon ideas, but I am easily distracted. Anybody here that's easily distracted besides me? I mean, I can get thinking about one thing and forget totally what I'm supposed to be doing, especially when I got a lot going on and I get out of my routine. Well, this past week has been a really busy week for me. Went to a meeting in Paducah on Monday, had a funeral visitation on Tuesday, funeral on Wednesday, went to Missouri on Wednesday right after the funeral, had to remember all the stuff I was supposed to pack because I was going by myself. My wife didn't help me, though she would have if I asked. My dad's birthday was Thursday, came back Saturday, yesterday, went to the water park, had to go somewhere else after that, went to Walmart after that. How many like going to Walmart on a Saturday night? Then we went somewhere after that, got home about 1230 this morning. I'm glad we didn't have a nine o'clock service. But it's been a really busy week, and when I get really busy, I get especially forgetful. So Tuesday, I'm just about to run out of gas. I am on fumes. The gas light has come on. How many of you ever drive until the gas light comes on, okay? I got a few of you. Cheap people like me, okay? And I, my gas light was on. I usually go to the gas station near my house, but uh, I couldn't really get that far at the time. I didn't want to take a chance, and so I pull over to my other favorite gas station, the Speedway, over by Ring Road in the Dixie. 
And I don't get gas there a lot, but I always get me a sugar-free French vanilla cappuccino. It's really good. My wife doesn't know about that either. But I go there, and I go inside, I pay for my gas, put $20 on the credit card, and I get my sugar-free French vanilla cappuccino, and it's so good. I'm parked at pump number nine, and I told them, put $20 on pump number nine. I go back to my car, I put my cappuccino in the car, and I drive off. (laughs) Guess what I forgot to do? Put gas in the car. I'm headed down the Dixie Highway, going across Ring Road, the busiest intersection in the town, and it's like, I got to turn around now. I got to get back to that gas pump before somebody else gets my spot, gets my gas. But how many of you know when you're in the middle lane on the Dixie Highway... Near Ring Road, it's a little difficult to get turned around. So I go through the intersection. I finally get turned around. I get back to the Speedway gas station. Guess what? There is a 15-passenger white van in my spot. Right there in pub number nine because I forgot. It was a bad day for forgetting. Later that day, I went out to walk the dog. I got the leash in one hand. I got Benny the Beagle right there next to me, and he has to be walked about six times a day. And I'm normally the designated dog walker. So I take him outside. We're standing in the front yard together. You cannot let him out without putting him on the leash. I got the leash in one hand. I got the dog sitting about 15 feet away from me in the front yard. And guess what I forgot to do? Put him on the leash. He runs around the back of the house, across the golf course. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? Michaela, the fastest runner in the house, is not home. Monica's just chilling back, watching some TV, and I don't want to interrupt her. I'm totally embarrassed by now. And, and so I go into the house to the kitchen cabinet as stealthily and yet as quickly as I can possibly go. I don't want her to know, but I got to get that dog. And so I grab a bag of dog treats out of the cabinet. I walk out of the house, and I walk back out through the front yard, around the house to the backyard, and there's a dog in the middle of the golf course on hole number 11. It's like, there he is. I got to get I'm shaking these dog treats. Here, Benny, here, Benny. Come on, Benny, come on. He is not paying any more attention to me than the man on the moon, okay? And I'm trying to catch him. He's like 200 feet away from me. And I'm throwing dog treats at him, trying to reach him. He's looking at me like I'm an idiot. I don't know why. I get about 100 feet away, and he's over by this fence now. And I throw him another dog treat. 
And I throw him another dog treat. I finally got about 30 feet away from him, threw him a dog treat, and he stops to, to go get it. He gets another one, and finally I grab him. But I forgot the leash. I'm kidding. I got the leash, okay? We're going to talk about remembering today. Joshua chapter 4, this is one of our VBS scriptures, starting in verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, get a picture of the sea. The entire nation of Israel has just crossed the Jordan River. Up to two million people crossing over the Jordan River on dry ground. Promised land living was never limited to the elite few. Everybody's going in. What does the promised land represent for us? Some say the promised land is a picture of heaven. And maybe you've heard the song that we used to sing in our churches about that. I am bound for the promised land. You know that one? Bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. You ever heard that song? Ever sang that song? Maybe seen it in a movie? Well, that's one interpretation of the promised land, that it's heaven. And one day we'll be in heaven. Another interpretation of the promised land is that it represents the overcoming life that we can have in Christ. You see, there are no battles to face in heaven. There are no cities to be taken down in heaven. Nobody dies in heaven, but all of that happened in the promised land. Others say, based on a Scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, that the promised land represents the rest that we can have in Christ. And it's possible that it represents all of these things and more. And if you're an Israelite, here's one thing it represents for you. This is a big day. This is a really big day. We are finally going into the promised land. Our nation has been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, but now we're finally going in. Go to verse 2. Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests stood, and to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Not everybody was to set the stones in the Jordan River. That would be chaos. They just needed 12 stones. One person per tribe with one stone each. Pretty simple, right? Why take these stones out of the Jordan River to the other side of the river? Well, it was a reminder of God's promise, of God's deliverance. So they could tell their children, and they could tell their children, and their children could tell their children, and their children could tell their children for the rest of time. It was a reminder and a teaching tool. Vacation Bible School is a reminder for us that children 
are important to us here at Northside. That's why we have these vacation Bible school decorations on the stage, and they are amazing, right? That's why we met together in one service this morning, because there's so many decorations downstairs, you can't get into all of the classrooms. That's why we sacrifice time, and that's why we sacrifice money, and that's why we sacrifice our service and a little bit of convenience, because it is a reminder to us that Vacation Bible School is important. Vacation Bible School is also a teaching tool. You see, we don't just do Bible school so we can put these amazing decorations on the stage, this tree is a teaching tool for those kids. That waterfall is a teaching tool for these kids. This sign behind me is a teaching tool for these kids to help them to learn, to help them to grasp. We're not just doing vacation Bible school so we can give kids some cool decorations and some snacks and Kool-Aid and sing some VBS songs. No, we're doing it because it is a teaching tool to help our children know Jesus Christ. And when they get here, not just our children, but dozens of children who don't have a church home to know what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that's changing their lives. And that's why we do what we do, because people need Jesus Christ. Amen? Go to verses 6 and 7. Let this, this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan River was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. The Ark of the Covenant was this holy box in the Old Testament that was carried before the people of Israel across the Jordan River, and it represented the presence of God. As soon as the ark was carried by the Israelites into the Jordan River, the Jordan River immediately stopped flowing so you could walk across it, not even in mud, but on dry ground. Can you imagine that? This water had covered this dirt, and it was deep, it was muddy. It was flooded, and immediately, when God opened up the Jordan River, not only was there a path wide enough for all these hundreds of thousands of people, maybe up to two million to go across, the ground was literally dry. Can you imagine the miracle of God? Joshua tells the people here at the end of verse 7, these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. God never wanted the people of Israel to forget what He did for them at the Jordan River or what He did for them when He delivered them from it. Too often, we take things for granted, do we not? We forget. I once heard about a man who was eating breakfast with his wife. 
And as they were finishing breakfast, his wife says to him, do you know what today is? And he's like, sure, honey. He does not have a clue. Guys ever been there? But he leaves the house and he thinks, you know, today's got to be a really important day because my wife's like, do you know what today is? And so he thinks about it. And well, it It's not Valentine's Day. He remembers that, well, it's not our anniversary. That was a couple of months ago. It's not her birthday. What in the world is today? And so he doesn't want to take a chance. So even though he can't remember what the day is, he decides to buy a dozen roses, a gift-wrapped bottle of perfume, And he buys a card that's just kind of real sentimental but doesn't say anything specific. And he walks into the house, comes home a little early, walks in the front door and says, Surprise! His wife looks at him and says, Honey, this is the best Groundhog's Day ever! Groundhog's Day, if you're not from Pennsylvania, not really all that important. But birthdays are important, are they not? Anniversaries are important, are they not? We have national holidays in America because we want to celebrate things that are important, right? Why do we celebrate Memorial Day? Why? Good answer. Yes. Because it's the 4th of July. Well, not exactly, but you're close. We celebrate Memorial Day because we want to remember those who gave their lives for our country, right? We celebrate the 4th of July Because it's our nation's birthday, correct? We celebrate Thanksgiving because we want to be reminded to be thankful. We celebrate Christmas because we want to remember that we have a Savior who was born for us, right? And we celebrate Easter. Because we've got to remember that there is a Savior who came to this earth for us and He died on a cross for us. He was buried and He rose from the dead. And one day He's coming back for us. Amen? And so we celebrate. That's why you have a cross on the wall to remember. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper, communion. Because we want to remember the the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and is coming again. Last week, I got a letter in the mail from a church that's celebrating their 200th anniversary. Can you imagine that? 200 years. Why they sent it to me, I don't know. The celebration is on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I'm usually a little busy about that time. 
But I think the reason why the Senate is because they want as many people as possible to know that our God is a faithful God. He's been faithful to us for 200 years. And we have a faithful God who's been faithful to us for thousands of years. And we have a Savior who said on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? Listen, there are a lot of problems. There are a lot of issues. There are a lot of struggles in this world and in this country and in this state. Maybe even in this community. But Jesus Christ is alive and well. Amen? And the church is alive and well. And God is at work in this world. He wants us to join him in what he's doing. God told Joshua and the Israelites to set up these 12 stones on the other side of the Jordan River as a reminder. Go to verse 8. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. Joshua was being obedient to God, and the people are following their God-appointed leader. No grumbling, no complaining, couldn't have been Baptist, just willing, just willingly and enthusiastically following. Joshua is no Moses, but he is a good leader, and he's following God. Leadership expert John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership. Listen, we have a leader In fact, we have the best leader who's ever walked the face of this planet. We have a leader who knows everything. We have a leader who can do anything. We have a leader who loves you more than you had the capacity to love. And he came to this earth and he died on the cross for your sin. And his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? And he's calling us. He's commissioned us to be his instruments in this world to share the love and the truth of Jesus Christ with everyone that we can find. That's why Daniel and Megan Duda are getting ready to go on an international missions, not trip, but career. They'll be leaving before the end of this year. That's why two weeks ago, some of you went to Colorado on a mission trip. Because God has called us to go. That's why we do ministries of service constantly in this community. Because we've been called to be salt and light. And we've been commissioned to love people with the love of Jesus Christ. And God has called us to go. That's why God has given us this opportunity. That's why we do little things like setting up tents out there in front of the church building so everybody who drives by can know and everybody who comes in this building can know that we are a church that cares about people. And we have a God who cares about it more than we can ever care, and that's why we do Vacation Bible School. Not simply so we can have some decorations, and some Kool-Aid, and some cookies, and learn a little bit about the Bible. But we do vacation Bible school because we have been called to go into all the world, starting right here in our own community, and share the love and the truth and the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why we do what we do. Verse 8 continues. They took 12 stones 
from the middle of the Jordan. According to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. When God does something monumentally wonderful in our lives, we usually remember it for a little while. How many of you can remember a youth camp that you went to or maybe a children's camp? How many of you can remember a revival meeting where God changed your life? How many of you can remember a church service or a mission trip or some other event where God changed your life? Absolutely. And we want to continue to remember those things as what Henry Blackaby calls spiritual markers in our lives. But we don't just want to remember those as reminiscing on the good old days or something happened back then. But we want to build on that and let Jesus Christ remind us that he's still at work in our lives today. Amen? Go to verse 10. Now the priest who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done. Notice the word everything there. God is never satisfied with partial obedience. God is calling us to follow him flat out, full bore with every fiber of our being on the good days and the bad days, when the circumstances make sense and when they absolutely do not. When everything is set up the way that you want it to be set up, when everything seems to be falling apart, listen to me if you're a VBS worker, this week something will probably happen. And you're going to say, I didn't plan it that way. Guess what? It's okay. You keep your trust in Jesus Christ. Some of you may have showed up for church this morning and said, this is not normally the way that we do church. And it's not. That's okay. Because God is still at work in your life and in this room today. And he wants to use us to impact this world with his love. But we've got to follow him fully with all of our lives. Because God is not looking for partial obedience. God is looking for people who will follow him with all of their lives. Verse 17. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up out of the Jordan. And the priest came up out of the river, carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. Isn't that incredible? Get a picture. The Jordan River, which is maybe a mile wide at flood stage, has parted. So an entire nation can walk across. At flood stage, the Jordan River is a raging river. At flood stage, it's over a mile wide. At flood stage, the current could reach up to 40 miles per hour. But God parted the thing. They walked across on dry ground. And then when they got across, what happened? God closed it back up again, back to flood stage. Isn't our God amazing? Amen? He is incredible. The Jordan River is not normally very wide, maybe 100 feet. It's the widest spot during the dry season. At flood stage, the bottom of the 
river was filled with tangled underbrush and dense growth that could easily trip up the traveler and throw them into the swift current. At flood stage, Israel's enemies in the promised land felt protected. To them, flood stage showed Baal's power over the true and living God. But here in Joshua chapter 4, verse 24, the Bible says, God did all this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Still is. Did you know that? You serve the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God. And He is still at work in this world. And God wanted people to know back then. And God still wants people to know today that He is the only true and living God. And we got to go outside the walls of this building and share His love and the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen? God did this as a reminder for others and a reminder for His people that He is an awesome God. Do you believe that? That He alone is worthy to be worshipped. He alone is God. Amen? Amen. And if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior who died for you, was buried and rose from the dead, and one day is coming back again, today is your day to give your life to Jesus Christ. And if you have done that, but maybe you're not really following Him fully, today is your day to say, Lord Jesus, I will follow you with all of my heart. Or maybe for some of you, it's to join this church as we go on mission to touch the world, starting right here in Hardin County and going to the uttermost parts of the earth. What's God calling you to do? Won't you say yes to Him? He loves you. He died for you. One day he's coming back for you. Place your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ and follow him.